Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bob Vorwald, director of production for WGN-TV. I literally, on a Sunday in August, finished working at my job in the cornfield, helped my brother bale some hay and put it up that night, played a fast-pitch softball game, got up at the crack of dawn, drove here to start work. I sat down in the sports office. Jack Rickhouse was there. And he said, oh, sit down, kid. We'll take care of you. And he just talked to me for like an hour. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this the rest of my life. This place is great. And it's never disappointed since. In charge of Cubs and White Sox broadcast. The pitch to Aramis. There's a drive. Deep left center. Cubs win. They win it. Oh, baby. Oh, one. Delmonico hits it well. Bradley at the wall. Bradley can't make the catch. Hey, Nicky, it's a three-run homer. And the Sox win. Bob Vorwald with Matt Spiegel on hit and run. Zach Withers giving you the treatment, Bob Vorwald. I uh, I love that Zach Withers is doing his impression of Russ Matera, our usual production guy. Giant voice, giant voice. What's going on, Bob? How are you? Did you think that you would hit the bottom of the barrel guest-wise so early in the year? I, and I'm the benefactor of that. Don't get me wrong. But. I mentioned it to you months and months ago. I said, this could be fun. I have, uh, I have a master list of potential hit-and-run guest co-hosts. And truthfully, it's been really fun to like force me to go and keep in contact with people. And, like, instead of, like, just trying to, like, have a fun conversation to keep relationships going, I actually have something I can ask you to do. Well, I appreciate the <laughs> intro because uh, with apologies to Lou Gehrig, it's just that reminder of I am the luckiest guy on the face of the earth. Yeah, to you feel get that to way? Do this. Oh, absolutely. For as long as I have in this town to see what I've had to make great friends like you across the way and um, – you know, every day at the ballpark is just the best day ever. You just, you know, there's that's not hyperbole. It's just never-ending enjoyment. To be able to uh, just live out your passion every day is just something I'm eternally thankful for. Well, that's a, that's a terrific headspace to be in uh, if you get to live and work around baseball uh, like some of us do. Let, let's dumb it down a little bit, Bob, and explain to people what exactly you do as the director of production over at WGN Sports. Um, or is it WGN TV? Uh, yeah, director. Well, I'm executive. You know, they don't give you raises; they give you titles. Uh-huh. So I'm director of production for WGN TV, and I'm also executive producer at WGN Sports. Got it. Okay, and then so, and for now, for 21 years, you've been at WGN. Um, how many of those years have you done what you do now for baseball games? So the, all 21. All just 21. This way. Yeah. I, okay. I, as we've talked about, I started at WGN in 1982 as a kid, as we all do. Got to work with Harry Boudreaux, uh, Jack Brickhouse, everything that way. But I came back in 1998, uh-huh. five days after Kerry Wood truck, struck out 20 Cubs uh, and jumped right into the saddle. And that was the Sammy McGuire year, yeah. you know, and everything that way. And uh, we just hit the ground running. 
And just kind of soup to nuts, Matt, I'm in charge of all aspects anytime we put a game on. Cub Sox, Bulls, uh, uh, Blackhawks. And that starts with uh, renting out and having the contract for the production truck, mm-hmm. making sure we have a crew there, making sure we have transmission, fiber back from Denver or Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I'm the point person with the teams, and I'm the point person on uh, our announcers, too. And um, through the baseball, I've gotten to actually participate and have a pretty heavy hand in hiring the announcers that we've got now, which has been uh, again, just a great joy. Mm. So, so during the games, are you? So, there's a lot of aspects here. Like during the games, are you on headset and and taking a part of everything? You can be if you want to. Probably. Right. So, I always tell people. They say, "What do you do during the games?" I say, "I accept blame because everybody <laughs> else has something that they have to be doing." <laughs> So if anything arises or anything's going on, I'm kind of that guy to deal with it. But my role is, yes, I'm on a headset. Um, for baseball, I try and be in the booth as much as I can. What's the use of having a great job like this if you're not watching baseball right behind some of the best announcers in either league? Um, and the truck guys know what they're doing, and I'm on headset with the truck. So I'm listening to that stuff uh, and then really kind of just reacting. And, again, they can do the game without me. I'm just there to uh, – you know, advise and consent if we need something uh, to make sure that Len and JD or Jason and Steve have what they need. They can always kind of turn around and talk to me. I'll look some things up. The great thing about the social media age is I'll scroll through Twitter and other things during the game because every once in a while there's something that we miss uh-huh. that people at home are, you know, hey, did you see that balk in the third inning? And we'll go back and look through everything that way. So I keep myself amused and busy during the game. But um, I'm also not full, so full of myself that I know that they're going to be just fine whether I'm there or not. And a, a lot of your work has come before the games and even during off-season and stuff in planning and deciding some of the bigger picture stuff, which I do want to discuss with you. But let's stay there in the, in the games for people so some who maybe have never been on headset can understand what's going on. Because you watch the games at home and baseball has this wonderful, laconic pace and this incredibly calm air about it more than any other sport in terms of the relaxation. But on headset, you've got a director, ready, three, take three. All right, camera four, you do this. Zoom over, get me this shot. All right, do that. Do we have this? Like, it's a fairly constant amount of chatter in terms of getting cameras ready. Was that fair to say? Absolutely. The people that are bringing you the game – Think about how disciplined you have to be to be head-on every pitch, three and a half hours every day. Mm-hmm. So in the front row of the truck, you've got a million TVs, and you've got a producer and a director. And baseball is a director's sport. And the reason I say that is there is so much downtime without the ball in play that the director who's picking the camera shots that you see is the one who can drive and really put a stamp on it. The producer is next to him. The producer is running the business of the game. He's the one who's going to be talking to the announcers most of the time. He's going to be picking the replays that you see, and he's going to be uh, inserting the commercial elements, telling the announcers, Lennon JD or Steve and Jason, here's what I got coming up. Here's what we have to go here. So he's going to run the business of the game. Hmm. Also in the truck then, you got the technical director to them who's actually running this big board, the switcher, and putting things on the air. You got the guy who's running the score box and he's looking at the scoreboard and making sure balls, strikes, pitches, everything is equal. And the back row, you have an assistant producer who's in charge of all the graphics. Matt Spiegel comes up, 
Your name comes up. Here's your OPS. Here's your batting average, RBIs, and a graphics operator with him. In the other room, you have an audio guy uh-huh. who's running a huge audio board. He's got two assistants out who f- put the field mics or in the booth. And then you have what we call the tape room, which is no longer tape. Everything's on computer server. And you have the guys who are uh, – producer says, okay, I've got – six or seven man cameras plus the visiting cameras plus other other things. He has to decide what he wants in his six replay outputs. So he's got six things that he can record. Right. And he has to decide which camera he's going to feed into those streams. And then there's also a couple guys uh, called video. If you've ever seen on a sunny, cloudy day where the, you know, the sun's going in and out and things get dark and immediately light, they're just trying to balance the video so that basically you can see, especially a game where you might have half sunlight, half in shade. Uh-huh. So that's kind of the core of the truck of what goes on in this ballet every day. And then when you watch a game, really think about it as a sequence because the sequence always starts with the center field camera and the pitcher batter shot. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if the ball's in play, usually the high home camera is going to cover the ball. And after that, then the camera guys have assignments based on what the director has told them before the game. And that's where this discipline comes in again. Runner at second, low camera in the dugout is going to follow him all the way home, perhaps. You know, the other camera's got the fielder. Who's got the outfielder? Who's got the left field corner? Who's got the right field corner? Hmm. So there's a degree of preparation and then trust that goes into this and then concentration. And the camera guys are listening to the director in one ear. They're listening to the announcers in the other ear. So in between pitches, they're free to, if they don't have a specific assignment, go shoot Joe Madden if that's what they're talking about with a protest at the time. Or, you know, pick up uh, the bullpen, who's warming up, or different things that way. So, so, so those are camera guy decisions, uh, often based on listening and paying attention to the If they don't have a specific assignment at the time, a good camera guy is still always working. It's, it's awesome to imagine, and, and I'm sure overwhelming for people to hear about and think about. And having just a little bit of the TV production experience of being in the control room, like doing, doing the news in college and being a director for just like a semester of d- directing some TV news in college, the rush of calling out shots and being in charge with all those things at your disposal is a tremendous experience that so in terms of being the director, do you feel that kind of rush during the game or it's a, it's a different thing now for you because you don't have to be quite as plugged in, in charge of everything and, and feeling it in that, in that way. Well, there's nothing like live TV. I mean, that's the best thing. I mean, that's the thing that always drew me to this. That's the thing where I feel so lucky is there's nothing like live TV mm-hmm. because you have to be prepared, but then you don't know what's going to unfold Yeah, and you have to do your best to cover it. You have to, you know, anybody can do a good game. It's the bad games. Harry used to tell everybody, you know, when the team is bad, we have to be better. And so, you know, it's just these creative solutions on the fly where your experience comes to call and can shine. Um, I always tell people when you have a great game, you have to do it again tomorrow. But when you have a bad game, you get to do it again tomorrow. (laughs) You know, those things go off to Jupiter in a hurry and you keep at it. And so the rush, I I still, I love live TV. I I think I've done over 4,000 events now for WGN. It never, ever gets old. It's, you know, we're going to be out at the White Sox this afternoon and it's fantastic. It never gets old. That, that's awesome. Uh, it's funny as you talk about 
if it goes poorly, you get to do it again. If it goes well, you have to do it again. It's like ball players, right? You're you're living in the baseball universe. You have to, you know, it's not quite as as it's a different kind of skill, but it's the same pace of life, which is can be really fun for your job. You got to do it every day. Got to be ready every day, and you got to keep mentally strong and stable no matter how it goes. And this is a team. It's a broadcast team. These guys that I'm lucky enough to work with have all been doing this for 20, 25 years, most Mm. of them. And you don't want to let down the other guys on your team. And if you make a mistake, it gets shown. It's maybe not, you know, you're not called out like Brant Brown dropping a fly ball. But if you don't have (laughs) your guy coming home, you're going to hear about it from everybody, and you don't want to let everybody down. And, again, it's this concentration this passion that everybody has to bring you this game at home that hopefully shows up every day. It's funny because when you were talking about all the cameras moving and everybody having an assignment and some folks doing it when they're told, but really you have to know what your job is to do. I love watching from overhead the field when there's a play. Let's say there's a double into the gap and there's runners moving around the bases. Every defensive player has a responsibility, whether they run over and it's the pitcher's job to back up home plate or it's the shortstop's job to go out there and put himself in position to get the relay throw. Somebody else has another base to cover. Like Everybody's got something to do. The cameramen are doing that same kind of unified dance, aren't they? As the game is going on, the camera's moving this way and that way. Exactly, and the director is calling everything in real time as the camera guys do their assignment. Mm-hmm. And while that's happening, the first thing that happens when the ball stops is the tape guys are queuing up the play from each angle, and the producer is scanning them very quickly to, so that by the time that Chris Bryant slides in, stands up, dusts himself off, the director is now hearing from the producer, okay, we're going to go to A first, which means, okay, you know, maybe it's a side shot of Bryant's swing, and then we're going to go to X, and that's the outfielder crashing into the wall as the ball goes away, and then we're going to go to Red, which is, you know, a close shot of the slide at third base, and it just keeps coming mm-hmm. fast, 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 but everybody knows their role, and that's why sometimes I say it's like a dance or a ballet, sure. is when it works right, it fits, and it just flows. That's awesome. Three one two six forty four sixty seven. 67 is the phone number. A bunch of people have called up already knowing that they can have this rare opportunity to talk to Bob Vorwald and ask about baseball on television. I have a lot of stuff I want to get to. I know that a a bunch of folks have have questions and and thoughts they want to get to. You mentioned one of the major innovations in your industry that the score bug or what what do you call it? Score box. The score score box. And that seems to have evolved a little bit every year when I ask you about that along the way as well. He's Bob Vorwald, director of production for WGN. This is Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel on 670 The Score. This hour is brought to you by Burris Equipment. Visit them at burrisequipment.com for details. We'll be right back on 670 The Score. You're listening to Hit and Run. The Scores Venerable Baseball Show right here on 670 AM. This hour of which is brought to you by Geneva National Resort and Club in Lake Geneva. He is Bob Vorwald, Director of Production over at WGN. We're getting you inside, pulling back the curtain on baseball broadcasting. And a lot of text coming in at 670 people digging it, people uh, enjoying uh, the detail and, and, and learning what it takes to put on a broadcast. This text, clarification please, MLB broadcasts have more than six cameras, but only six to choose from for replay. You had mentioned earlier you have to dedicate six specific camera feeds for replay options. And that can vary by broadcast, that can vary by truck, how many people there or how much 
input they want for the replay. Okay. But the thing to remember is at any game, there's at least three, sometimes four telecasts going on. There's a home telecast that, like, I'll be part of with the White Sox today. There's the road telecast for Toronto. Mm-hmm. There's the scoreboard telecast that has its own dedicated cameras and screw, uh, crews. And sometimes we've got ESPN or Fox there doing the game as well. So while you'll use your own cameras, you can share with the other broadcasters, bring in certain feeds. You can. All right, yes. so, so, so pause there for a minute because as you're saying that, I'm imagining two, three, four cameras next to each other. But you can share, but the problem then is that whichever camera you're sharing, that guy's not on headset with you. You don't direct that guy. Right. He's listening to his own director. So uh-huh. the common one that gets shared is the center field camera. Because that batter pitcher center field shot that we talked about that really starts each sequence, yeah. you know he's going to be there. So that one is, is, is shared a lot. Depending on where you go, like at Giants Park, there's some great beauty shots that they have that you'll pipe in from time to time. Um, you know, uh, there's mounted cameras that you, maybe you won't use for replays. But again, the Cubs have a camera mounted on the park uh, uh, Gallagher Way, yeah, right? Yeah. And we put that on, and people out there see it on the scoreboard. And Jim Deshays likes to talk to them during the game yes. sometimes and play Simon Says. So you have a lot of things <laughs> available to you. Uh-huh. Um, but really, you know, at a, like our home game, we're going to have six or seven manned guys, a couple unmanned looks. Maybe we'll share with the visiting feed, but then you have to decide, depending on how many inputs you have, what you're going to put in and replay. So whoever's in charge of the Toronto broadcast, has he been in touch with you or somebody during the course of the week before the series knowing what the feeds are going to be? And he says, we'll choose those, or does that happen on the day of the game? Um, A lot of times across sports, they'll be in touch with us in advance saying, what positions are you going to use? Because sometimes you can't, there might be a low third position by the dugout that only holds one or two cameras. So sometimes if you're the road team, you get second choice. You have to use your complement based on Mm. what's out there. And uh, most of it happens truck to truck. Like I said, we're all in this together. If you're in Chicago, you're not watching the Toronto broadcast in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's only in our best interest that we help each other. I mean, I've had situations where... Um, we were on a generator at Wrigley Field, and it was 103 degrees, and we put the New York feed on our generator so that nothing bad happened to them. And then when it was our truck that was overheated, all of a sudden we had to put the Mets broadcast on for an inning until we were able to get back up. And that is a quid pro quo that happens all the time. Interesting. Um, interesting. 67011 is how you get to us via text. I mentioned one of the major innovations in your industry, which is the sports bug or the score box. You used to have to wait until you were going to commercial to get the score. I'm old enough to remember when I only saw that as you'd go to commercial, and I'd have to watch sometimes a couple outs, watch a full half inning if the broadcaster didn't bother to mention it. But now it's there. What, when, did that, when did that start in earnest? In the 90s at some point? Yeah, it was the late 90s. Um, you know, Fox should get credit for just so many of the things that they brought along. Uh, We did not have one when I started at WGN in 1998, so the 99 season was the first time that they had one. Interesting. And, you know, it's something that starts off, as so many things do, as an add-on that then quickly becomes integral to the broadcast, you know? Yeah. And that is a perfect example of it. I think uh, the pitch cast, the pitch tracks 
has become that way in the last four or five years where you really notice it. If it's not there, you're used to being able to see where the location of the pitch is. Yeah. Is that, is that just about every broadcast nationwide I think so, now? Yeah. I think there's different ways to do it, but I don't know anybody who doesn't do it. Some people have it off to the side. Some people uh-huh. have it over the, um, over the catcher, the virtual strike zone. Right. But it's on every broadcast now, and you miss it when it's not there. And if, if folks are used to watching the Cubs or the Sox on multiple different networks, that's different different score bugs. Di- that, that's all the creation of that individual network. That stuff is not shared, is it? It is not. Um, what is shared is the information now with the, the techno- StatCast era. The technology is run by MLB, so we're getting the same. You know, I've got a case of old jugs guns somewhere where we used to have to put out our own radar gun every day. All that now is, is shared technology with MLB. Uh, you used to have to do your own speed, but now you're getting all of that, and then you can input that technology into however each network is choosing to do it. engineer used to have a tuning fork to hit in front of the jugs gun to make sure that it was working as you were setting up for a game. Wait a minute. So a tuning fork and you put it in front of the jugs radar gun. Yeah. How does that how does that somehow that let you know that there was a signal going and you know told you that you were ready to be in business. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join coach Fitz in the Big 10 West Division and Holiday Bowl champions at Ryan Field this fall when they host Ohio State, Iowa and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Stick, sticking with the score bug for a minute here. Now what's on there is so much stuff. I, I, I've been you know, teaching my son how to decode what that is, and he's kind of learning the game as he sees that. You've got balls and strikes. You've got outs. Does everybody pretty much have the three bases there so you can see when there, where there's runners on the base? Pitches. Uh, total number of pitches. And pitch that, speed. That seems to swap, right? Pitch speed swaps, swaps with radar. It does on ours, and then different – Broadcasts um, might have the pitcher batter on there. Uh-huh. Um, and then the amount, the question is the amount of things that you run through the score bug, be it drop downs, other things else like that. And in our case, we balance that sometimes with just the visual. Is it so small? Or if it's worth that type of screen time, let's put it lower third so it's bigger, more prominent, everything that way. And everybody has a different philosophy in how they go about it. It's interesting. Do you have. Uh, research to tell you how big televisions are on average in people's homes because it, on a big big TV like my living room the score bug is more effective than it is in the bedroom TV not really what you used to worry about was what you called title safe right especially as we got into the HD era but you had title safe for four by three oh, right. the old rectangle TV and you didn't want to have your graphics Outside title safe. So really the... You know, so if people didn't have the most up-to-date TV, right, you still wanted them right, to be able to see right. it. And a couple of years ago, then it was, all right, at what point do we throw this away? At what point are, you know, are the old Zeniths still being out there <laughs> that we need to placate, you know? And so it's that way with anything with the viewers. You're trying to serve everybody uh-huh. in the best way that you can, but there's always going to be a few that are unhappy with different things. And Matt, analytics is a perfect you know, uh, version of that. That's where the game is. That's why your lineup is set the way that it is. It's not batting average and RBIs. Uh But 
Some of those are comfort food and comfort stats sure. for people who love the game. Sure. And there are people who don't want a math lesson. What, 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 right now, what do you show statistically when a, when a batter comes up? And I, I, I should have paid attention more closely to a specific GM broadcast. But do you show the triple crown stats? We show the triple crown stats and then uh, on base and slugging. You do show an OPS? Yeah. yeah. Or do you do on base slugging separately? Separately. So you've got five if categories. you want to add, it's not that hard, right? I, I, mean, I do it every single at-bat. Every time somebody comes up, and I do this at the ballpark, because on, on the scoreboard at Wrigley, they don't give you OPS, but they'll give you on-base and slugging. I do the math every single time somebody comes up. Why not just give OPS? Or do you figure that you can do the math, and this way you're giving more because you're giving both of them? So I you don't think, bother to do OPS? <laughs> if you know OPS, it's easy to add up. I do yes. think the on-base, just the on-base you know, the, 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 the is valuable. The split part of it, it gives, gives, an, uh, gives information that's valuable there, too. I guess so. I guess so. You're not going to give the third one because it's just simple math, and I should be able to do it in my seat. And I, and I am. It's annoying. Um, Bob Vorwald is, is, is our guest co-host here on 670 The Score. Uh, 670 is how you text. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. This is Sam in Griffith. You're on Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, and him, Bob Vorwald. What's up, Sam? Hey, Matt. Uh, great guest today, man. This is great. Uh, I was wondering what, what your job duties are when the team's on the road. When the team is on the road, your job duties, are they the same pretty much? Are you in the booth? No, I'm, I, I travel a little bit here and there with the teams, but for the most part, I try and watch at home on TV. Again, um, you know, I, I hold myself responsible, and sometimes it's uh, like weather. You know, uh, are we going to get rain? What are we going to go to? How long are we going to fill? Who's letting the network of stations go um, you know, and I'll text things to Len and to Jason and to Jim and Steve just as a viewer. And you know, I'm still in touch with the crew. And again, I, I'm not trying to make this out like they can't do the games without me oh, no. because they can. But, you know, as I, I'm trying to watch every single game, if I can, if I'm home, everything that way. And just, you know, even encourage my guys with things that I see and, you know, things that I love as a fan, because again, if you you have to put yourself in that chair as well, you don't want tunnel vision. You don't want to be guilty of inside baseball. You do want to you know watch it the way that your viewers are. Mm. So, have, but they can't do a spring training game without me in Arizona. Isn't that the funniest thing when March not? comes along? <laughs> one of the perks. One of the perks that I've built in over the years is I am. Uh, well, what do you know? Vorwald's exactly. on another. He's on another California the one thing that West. Gets me through winter uh-huh. is knowing that we're going to be in Arizona and every. Everybody likes you. Everybody's undefeated. The writers have been there for two or three weeks. So by the time we get to do the first game, everybody's happy to see us. And literally, we spend like the first three innings trying to remember how to do baseball. And it's just... And nobody cares. It's unbridled joy. See that's that's the unspoken part. While you just spoke to it of uh, of the benefits of a life in baseball. Oh, by the way, you get four or five months off, and then you start every year in either Arizona or Florida. Now I still do the Bulls and Hawks oh, and everything. So, you don't. so don't be giving me winter vacations. But man, <laughs> the idea of getting back to baseball when I'm shoveling in January uh-huh. is a huge carrot. All right. So have there been moments where you're home watching the game? And something breaks out, something happens, and you have to become much more involved in the broadcast. Like there is, there's some reason that you kind of wish you were on headset, or do you even have that? Do you have that capability for? I'm moment? not on headset. I mean, I can be on with the phone with those guys in two seconds and everything else. Now, the, I will tell you, the hardest thing is when something happens, 
if there's a technical issue or anything else like that, yeah, the first thing is to make sure that the truck knows. And then the hardest thing is to shut up and let them work the problem. Because you're not there. Because they know the problem. Okay. Me asking every 30 seconds, is it fixed yet, isn't going to help anything. And then it's really about information flow. Are we, are we good back at the station? We have a coordinator who's talking to the truck and who's rolling the commercials and who's doing those things. And then, you know, does my GM or does anybody else need to know? Does the team need to know? Does, you know, um, we haven't been off the air very, very many times, but sometimes something happens. And when that does, you want your partners to know exactly what is happening mm-hmm. and why. So I'll get in the middle of that and I'll let the truck usually guide me with what they need. What are the, uh, what are the most important missions that you think about in terms of the broader picture? Like as you're thinking about this is what we do uh, during a game, obviously you're broadcasting the game and you want it to be fun. But what do you want to accomplish with with a broadcast if you think about it in that sort of philosophical way? Our job is to take you to the ball game. I assume that by having us on, the place you'd like to be is there. And if you're not, then let's take you there. So that's our number one mission. And then um, how can we make it as clean as possible? Look, there are certain things that go into every game. Um, that have changed over time. Our sponsors get in-game reads and different things like that. We work really hard to make them part of the flow of the game. Can we allay them with some information or something fun that fits into the game and doesn't necessarily feel like a stop sign to you as a viewer? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're family. You know, that's the best thing about being a local broadcast is people watch us all the time. Yeah. You know, they consider you to be part of the family. You're inviting us into your living room for hours at a time, multiple times a week. So we want to earn your trust and give you the best show we can. We don't want to talk down to you. We don't want to be talking about things that maybe, you you know, are funny to us in the truck that you wouldn't understand. Hmm. And even when we talk about the analytics and everything else like that, we're not going to talk down to you. The most important thing we can have, we always talk about, is a frame of reference. Let's make sure that if we bring this up, we tell you, put it in context so that you can understand it. And that's the number one hurdle with that part of the game is I think everybody understands what 100 miles per hour is leaving the bat or a ball being thrown. And they know that something is 500 feet. But when they invent something like barrels, you know, um, the context there is very hard for fans to understand. So, you know, the biggest thing is at the end of the day, we're there for you. We're your eyes and ears at the ballpark. And we want to make sure that we bring you something that you can enjoy the game Mm -hmm. and feel like you're not missing anything that you're seeing the entire game. I would want somebody who does what you do for a living to think about it that way, to think about, all right, I'm going to be in your living room for three and a half, four hours, multiple times a week. Let's make this comfortable. Let's make this um, let's make it fun and let's make you want to hang out with us because that's the way it is. Baseball is a companion sport for six months. It is it, it is part of your life. Uh, so I'm glad you think about it that way. And I think that, you know, the best broadcasters then kind of follow through on that mission and don't sound like they're educating you even while they actually are. I mean, one of the big changes of the game over the last 20 years is, I mean, average game time is probably up 30 or 40 minutes a game since I started. Mm -hmm. 
that's time wow. that the ball is not in play. So that's also time for our announcers to do more, for you to see more. There's more things that can go into a game where there's less action. So how do you make that as entertaining as possible, too? Mm-hmm. And that's just something that change is always ongoing, but we have to adapt to. It's 670 the score. It's hit and run. We'll come back and take your phone calls and your texts with Bob Vorwald. Top of the hour, I got a very special moment to talk about from the other night of a broadcast that I think gives you a window into what Bob has called the best part of their job. So we'll do that as well. It's 670 the score. It's hit and run. Keep it right here. The bottom of the hour right here on 670 The Score was brought to you by Chicagoland Papa John's. Chicagoland Papa John's is offering free pizza this weekend. Buy one pizza at regular price. Get a second pizza of equal or less value for free. Use promo code FREEPIZZADAY on the Papa John's app or online at papajohns.com. That's promo code FREEPIZZADAY. Bob Vorwald, Director of Production for WGN is here. WGN-TV is here with me, and the conversation has continued during the break. There's a million ways to talk about baseball and TV. I could do this for hours and hours and hours. Going to make you stay for a long time. Goodbye, me. All right, good. Let's take some calls here. This is Mary in Benton Harbor on 670 The Score. What's up, Mary? How are you? Hi, Bob and Matt. I'm enjoying the show. Uh, What's it like working with the announcers, and how do they cope with unexpected changes? So this would be the announcers now or or in the past? Take it wherever you want. Uh, I would just say that our guys are a delight, right? And they're a different – everybody goes about it differently, um, but they are all uber-prepared. The level of detail that Len and Jason bring to their job is amazing. Uh, You know, after a night game and you're out, you know, and flying or whatever – both of them are up in the morning on the computer building different things that help them during the broadcast, not as a crutch, but as useful information that they can bring at any time. I've sat next to Len as he does that job, and it's remarkable the volume of things he has created, as you say, to be at his disposal during the game. And the other part about their job is they're traffic cops. I mean, as much as baseball is also a director sport, it's an analyst sport, it's the color guy sport. Those guys subjugate their egos and are literally just serving batting practice fastballs to J.D. and Steve Stone to let them hit out of the park all the time. They're constantly leading them into interesting areas and setting them up so that they can shine. It's interesting. They go about it differently. Len does not want to spend a lot of time with Jim during the day. Not that they're not friends, not that Jim's not a delightful guy, but he wants the good stuff to come out on the air. You know, mm-hmm. Steve and Jason don't. They spend a lot of time together. They they talk all the time and they still get their things out on the air. But the thing is, it never feels like you're eavesdropping on an inside conversation. You're always part of it. Um, I love working with those guys. I had a hand. Stoney is here. I've worked with him for over 20 years. I'm very proud of the part that I had in bringing Len and JD and Jason all into town. Uh Every year, the more they talk, the smarter I get, I always say. Um, they're, they're always accountable. They're in the locker room and on the field to make sure everybody can see them and talk to them. The problems are very few. They're mm-hmm. a delight to work with. They're prepared. They are willing to know what they don't know and, and ask questions. How often um, are those guys using the talk back to talk to the director 
uh, or talk to whoever in the truck and say, can we get a shot of this? I know in other sports, it can, perhaps it's more common. I've heard, I've heard legendary stories about Eddie Olchek during a play even, you know, helping a director because his eyes and his perception of hockey are just unreal. But how often does that happen in baseball? It happens all the time. I mean, uh, you're going to, we don't have a full fledged meeting, but we eat lunch together. We talk in the booth for a little bit before the game with the producer and director. Uh, and, you know, like Mark Brady and Jim Holly on the Cubs will say, hey, you know, we've got the, sometimes JD will have, say to Vince Lodel, our AP, hey, there's a couple graphics I want you to build about John Lester. But then once the game gets going, it's a, Len might have two or three things that he's asked them to prepare or Jason will come on, talk back and say, I'd like to do this now. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the most part, the producer is kind of taking them through the run of show, but there will be times when um, there's a story to be told and they'll come on, talk back and say, get me a shot of Joe Madden right now. Uh, Hey, if we've got time after this batter or we're not doing anything, show me the bullpen because I want to talk about this. So yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, These guys can find the cough button uh, to clear their throat or the talk back button <laughs> that Harry never could. So Harry <laughs> always kind of heard the stream of consciousness. Uh-huh. And they're a little more circumspect these days than, than it was 25 years ago. Yeah. Bob worked with Harry, worked with Brickhouse. Uh, and we need, we need to talk about that at some point as well. This is Steve on the North side on 670 The score. What's up, Steve? Hey guys, I got a question for you. Have you ever had an instance where you may have to, you may have shown something in the stands that may have had a, a wardrobe malfunction or like the other day what happened with uh, uh, Doug Glanville. And have you ever had to uh, had an instance with a player uh, that may have said, I didn't like that shot. I mean, I know you guys carried that fight between Barrett and Zimbrano, hmm. but where do you have to draw the line and say, wait a second, we got to see what we can put on and what we can't put on? Interesting. Um, you, you want to deal with the crowd one or the players one? Deal, deal with the crowd one because I want to ask you about players next hour. Uh, it's live TV, okay. um, and things happen from time to time. You're just trying to use good judgment, trying to not go to, let's say, trouble areas, uh, you know, um, and minimize those. But when they do, if something happens, you get off it as soon as possible. I think the one – that everybody can agree on is the minute some idiots on the field, you never give them the time of day. Yeah, you, that, that's a conscious choice. Yeah. Let's not show him yeah, and give him what he wants. We're not going to encourage anybody else. We're not going to encourage him anything that way. I was at the game when the fan ran at Randy Myers years and years and years ago. And I, so, so anyway, so, so you want to make sure that guy doesn't get on. How about if there's a fight in the stands? Do you make a conscious choice not to go to it? No. I mean, we're never going to show anything like that. I mean, it, it, it's not part of the ball game. And look, we're working with the teams. We're partners there. We want to show their product, their team, in the best possible light, and that's mm. not going to serve anybody well. All right, well, maybe we do have time to do the ball player one. Have you had ball players that you've had to deal with during or after a broadcast who are upset that something's been caught on camera? Yeah, there's always kind of things. Um, most of the time when you have an incident, and there aren't many, but it's they hear from somebody that somebody said this. It's never firsthand, right? Right. Um, Same in radio. Right. What's fair play? Look, if it's going on in the dugout, it's fair play. Down the tunnel where you might be able to shoot or something that way, that's to us out of bounds. I remember Zambrano getting into it in the Cubs dugout at, at U.S. Cellular Field. 
And Brenly saying, good, this is a dead-ass team at the time. You remember that yeah, game that yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, again, the dugout to us is fair game. Zambrano That's, and Derek Lee, that was. Yeah, and those things, they're going to destroy a water cooler there, whatever, you know, and you're going to tell your camera guy somebody comes walking off, even though you're in commercial, you don't stop working uh-huh. because that interaction to us is part of the game. The new dugouts at Wrigley seem to have some hiding spaces for the players in the back row. And they should have those spaces, and there are places, not as many anymore, where you used to be able to shoot down the tunnel or sort of see around a corner or different things like that, and those spaces, we always felt like, no, that's that's not where we're going to go. Okay. Um has a player ever ever run out run out to the truck? I mean, I, the stories from two thousand four of them going up to the going up to the booth, right? Well, uh, there was, was it Kent Merker, if yeah, I remember Kent, correctly. They, they had again, and that was a somebody heard through somebody else through anything else like that, yeah. you know. And we had to deal with those things, but again, our announcers are in the locker room and on the field and accountable. And that's why I give them credit is you've got something to say to them. Yeah. They're always around to stand behind it and explain it. And so those things really don't – there's really not a whole lot of that. What used to happen when the Cubs were on in the day all the time is that game was on in every clubhouse around baseball because they were all playing at night. Uh-huh. So, you know, when guys would get traded, they would be like, oh, Arnie, you know, they knew a lot of the things about the Cubs because they'd all watch so much Cub baseball. I don't know if that made the Cubs easier to scout back in the day because all their <laughs> games were on or not, but that was a unique situation for a long time. It's the score. It's hit and run. I'm Matt Spiegel. My guest co-host is Bob Vorwald, director of production from WGN. Uh, a snippet of the game from Friday night is what you'll hear at the top of the next hour, which leads us to talk about something that Bob really enjoys from doing the games. Keep it right here on The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.